You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation. It's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our very good friends at my bookie. The brackets are out, guys. March Madness, if it wasn't already here, it is officially here with the NCAA tournament set to kick off. I I would normally say Thursday, but these days with the 68-team bracket, technically the first four kicks off tomorrow, Tuesday night. So it's here, guys. These are a couple of the best weeks on the sports calendar as far as I'm concerned. And you do not want to miss your opportunity to get in on all of the NCAA tournament action with my bookie. Make sure to sign up today for a brand new account and you can get a full deposit bonus up to $1,000 for all new users. You're not going to beat this deal, guys. Jump on this now while you still can and put that college basketball knowledge to the test and pad that wallet. Go to mybookie.ag and sign up today. All right, guys, I am your host, Tyler, and as promised, I am back today with the final edition of our spring practice preview series, this time focusing on the defensive side of the ball, breaking down all the major position battles, giving you guys some names to know, highlighting a few players that I think might be in line to make a big jump this spring. So we're going to have some fun with that here momentarily. But first, I do just want to throw a couple things at you real fast. First off, we are doing our very own Glory UGA March Madness pool this season. And our friends at Alumni Hall have been kind enough and generous enough to agree to sponsor our Glory UGA March Madness pool. First place winner gets a $150 gift card to Alumni Hall. Second place gets a $100 gift card. And third place, not as much, but something, get a $50 gift card. And here's the thing, guys. Even if a lot of you join, it's still going to be a smaller Cool than what you find on ESPN or CBS where they offer like $100,000 to the winner. I mean, cool. Maybe you could be that guy who wins. Maybe, but also probably not because there's just so many people. It's just a numbers thing, right? Well, if you join our pool, there's just simply not going to be as many people in the pool. So, your odds of winning actually go way up. So jump in there today, guys. It's honestly just for fun. It's totally 100% free. We just want to give you guys an outlet to interact with us. We do something similar to this during the college football season with our confidence picks pool, but 
at least this past year, we didn't have any sort of rewards attached to it. Maybe we'll look into that with Alumni Hall or, or, or potentially another sponsor coming into the 2023 season. But hey, for this March Madness pool, we do have a sponsor. We have someone who's willing to to offer up some rewards for you guys. So jump in there today, 100% free. It's on ESPN. You can go to our Twitter profile and just click on the link there. It's pinned to the top of our profile. If you don't use Twitter, which I know a lot of you don't, totally cool. I get that. Simply just go to ESPN.com, look at their tournament challenge page, and uh, search for a group, search for Glory UGA, and there we are. It's completely unlocked, open to the public. Any and everyone can join. So jump on in, guys. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy March Madness. So that's the first thing I want to remind you guys about. I also want to fill you guys in on something else that I am now doing. I put this out there on social media, but again, I know not everyone is on social media. So for those of you who are not on social media, or even if you are and you just happen to miss it, I have recently been fortunate enough to receive an opportunity to begin writing and covering Georgia for Dogs Daily, which is Sports Illustrated's Georgia team-specific site. And I'm really excited about this. Now, I do want to put this out there from the very beginning. This does not change anything for Glory UGA. This is my baby. This is what I love to do. I love getting on here and talking Georgia sports and putting this content out there for you guys. And that's not going to change. Absolutely not. All that Dogs Daily is going to allow me to do is just have another outlet to cover Georgia sports for you guys and to put some content out there that maybe doesn't always fit on a podcast. I have writing in my background and I haven't really been doing it for a while now. So it's really nice to get back into it and have an opportunity to to do it in a way that I've never done before, which is actually like covering Georgia sports for a legitimate outlet. And my first article is already up there on dogsdaily.com, and it is just kind of previewing the quarterback battle heading into spring practice. Obviously, with spring practice opening on Tuesday, I'm going to be writing a ton of pieces for Dogs Daily, trying to cover everything that's going on during spring practice. Of course, we'll have it covered here on the Glory J podcast as well. Again, not going anywhere. But I also have that that writing outlet to cover some things for you guys as well. So make sure to check that out. And it's not just me, guys. There are a ton of way more talented people than myself at Dogs Daily already who do a fantastic job. And I'm just one more guy that gets to kind of add to the fun. But the last thing I do want to say about all this is just thank you guys. Thank you so much for all your support over the years. I am so incredibly grateful for it. There are a lot of you that have been out there with us from the very beginning back in 2015. Some of you that jumped on shortly after that in 2016, 2017. I know we had a lot of new listeners in the 2017 season. We made that run to the national championship game. Man, that was that was a hell of a time, man. That was what a ride. What a ride that was. But a lot of you have been around for a long time and you stuck around with us through ups and downs and through moves from one distributor to another, from one partnership to another, and I just, I'm just blown away that you guys have been so supportive to us for so long, and just so appreciative of that. I feel like I probably say it too much if there is such a thing, which I'm not sure I believe. I don't think you can say thank you too often, um, but sometimes I feel like I say it to the point of being annoying, and if I do, I'm sorry, but it's just genuine, guys. I, I really, truly do appreciate each and every one of you coming on here, listen to our, our content each and every week throughout the entire season. I know for a fact this podcast would not still be here without all of you guys and all of your support, and there's zero doubt in my mind that this opportunity to write for Dogs Daily 
would not have been presented to me if it was not for that same support that you guys have given us over the years. So as far as I'm concerned, it's not about me. It's really about you guys and how you've supported this podcast and supported myself. So again, thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. I, I sincerely appreciate it. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do my part. I think the only way I can say thank you, other than sitting here doing the podcast, is to continue to try to pump out as much content as I possibly can for you guys. And in doing so, just try to stay true to the brand that we have developed here at Glory UGA and uh, just be as genuine and straight up with you guys as I possibly can. So again, thank you. I appreciate you so much more than you guys know. But if you get a chance, check out that article on the quarterback battle at dogsdaily.com. I should have a new article. It's written. It's just waiting to be published that I believe should be up and posted sometime on Tuesday. And it is a profile of Tyke Smith entering what will likely be his final year as a Georgia Bulldog and his path to, to potential playing time in that final season. So I'm excited about that one. I hope you guys enjoy it. But yeah, just want to keep you guys up to date with kind of some of the things I've got going on outside of the podcast. But enough about me. Let's go ahead and get into this final spring practice preview. I was going to save this episode for Wednesday because I know it's kind of weird because we, we Curtis and I... We recorded on Sunday. That's kind of when Curtis can can get together with me and, and record things. So we have to record on Sunday. And that means I, I want to go ahead and put that podcast out as fast as I can on Monday. And usually you like to have like at least a day of separation, especially in the offseason when you don't have a game to prep for. It's during the during the actual game weeks, during the season, you know, we run four episodes a week. So it, you can, simply cannot avoid having episodes back to back, right? But during the offseason, we try to avoid that as much as possible to give some of these episodes a little bit of time to breathe and not overwhelm you. But with spring practice starting on Tuesday, it didn't really make sense to hold this final spring practice preview episode until Wednesday, a day after spring practice has started. So that's why we're going back to back with these episodes like this. I know it's not normally how we would like to do things, but just a little inside baseball for you. I want to make sure we explain why why we're doing that, what the thought process is there. But today's about the defense. Let, let's dive into this. We did the offense last week, but today is all about the defense. And last year, guys, you know, our defense was fantastic. It was awesome. As long as Kirby Smart is here, as long as Glenn Schumann is here, as long as Will's Muschamp is here, as far as I'm concerned, our defense is always going to be one of the best in the country. But I think we can all admit that last year, while we were still a very good defense, and I would argue a dominant defense, we were not necessarily the best defense in the country. It wasn't a hands-down kind of thing. We we definitely were not as good as we were in 2021, which I think we all expected going into the season. I know we certainly talked about that a lot during the offseason last year coming into the 2022 season. But again, we were still a fantastic unit, just maybe not the best unit in the country. Well, this year, I want to see if this defense can take a step back towards the top, not just being a top 10 defense, which is really what we were last year in all major statistical categories, but can we get back to the actual top of the country, being number one, number two in all of those major categories? But to do that, we are going to have to replace multiple starters and not just starters, like key players, guys are going to go first round in the NFL draft, guys like Jalen Carter, guys like Keely Ringo, guys like Nolan Smith, guys with that combine performance, I think Nolan Smith's going to go in the first round somewhere. I really believe one team is going to fall in love with not just with the talent and the athleticism, but the personality, who this guy is, the leadership qualities, the intangible stuff that Nolan Smith brings to the table. I think all three of those guys are going in the first round. Chris Smith is going to get drafted somewhere, not in the first round, but he's going to get drafted. Robert Beal is probably going to get drafted somewhere along the line. So we are losing a number of key pieces off of this 2022 Georgia defense, which means we've got some holes to fill. We've got some things that we've got to plug up. And that's where I want to start our conversation today 
I want to look at some of these position battles. Now, I think the most intriguing battle for me is the interior defensive line to replace Jalen Carter. And I I don't even know if it's, is it a battle? I guess technically, yes, it is a battle, but I just want to find out, we need to find out, do we have somebody that can step up and be a Jalen Carter caliber disruptor on the interior of our defensive line? I think the answer this year is probably no. I don't think we have anyone that's ready to be Jalen Carter, like what Jalen Carter was last year when he was healthy and 100%. I don't know if we have anybody that's ready to step into that role and be that dominant next season, but I do think we have some players that can step in and fill that role to the point that there's not a massive drop-off there. I think the most obvious answer right away, the first thing you got to think of, is Bear Alexander with his pedigree coming out of high school as a five-star prospect, a guy who had multiple sacks in the National Championship game, really came on late in the season. And when Jalen was hurt in the middle part of the year, Bear did some really good things for us as well, but he was still young, still learning, still growing, still getting stronger, all those things, be able to hold up in the trenches in the SEC, which is the most brutal league in the entire country. I think that Bear has the athleticism. I do think he has the power to do it. I want to continue to see him get bigger and stronger, which he will with more time in the way. room. I expect to see a, a different version of Bear Alexander this year. I absolutely think that he can grow into that guy for us. Will he be Jalen Carter right away this season? Again, no, I don't think he's going to be that caliber of player this year. But by the end of the year, we might be talking about Bear Alexander as the next great Georgia defensive lineman, the next Georgia defensive lineman to go in the first round of the NFL draft. So I think you have to start there when you talk about the interior. Now, clearly, Nas Stackhouse is going to play the zero-tech nose guard for us, which he did last year, and did a fantastic job in that role. Was he Jordan Davis-level dominant? No, of course not, because who is? I mean, Jordan Davis is, I don't know if he's a once-in-a-lifetime type athlete, but those guys don't come around very often. That dude was different. He was special. And Nas was not him. That's not a knock on Nas. That's just explaining how good Jordan Davis was. But Nas was a force for us last year. He was really strong at the point of attack. He played with really good leverage. He was a great run defender. He could push the pocket in the pass rush game a little bit, not as much as Jordan Davis did. But again, we're talking about Jordan Davis, the first round draft pick, and Nas is not going to be that. But Nas is a very, very strong player for us at that zero-tech nose guard. It, to me, it's all about, okay, who's going to be that three-tech guy that Jalen Carter was for us last year? Again, I think it's Bear Alexander is the first name you got to watch for. Another guy that I really like, and I think he did some really good things for us last year and didn't get as much attention as I thought he probably deserved, was Warren Brinson. Now, obviously, with Jalen Carter in the mix, he is going to get all the attention. He's going to get the spotlight, and you're going to kind of operate in his shadow. But when Jalen was hurt in the middle portion of the year and missed a couple of games, I really thought that Warren Brinson did some really good things for us. He's a guy that I believe gives us a lot of athleticism on the interior and gives us a really, really strong pass rush up the middle in the face of the quarterback. Now, once Jalen came back from injury healthy, Brinson's playing time did go down. His snaps went down, but he was still a guy that contributed all year long. And when he was in there, when he got opportunities, I felt like he made his presence known. I would really like to see Warren continue to improve as a run defender and get bigger and stronger so we can hold up more consistently at the point of attack and be able to anchor a little bit more consistently. But in terms of pass rush from the interior, I think that he gives us more of that than any guy on the roster at that position right now. So I certainly think he's going to be a factor there. Do I think he's going to be the starter at the three attack? I don't. I, I still right now would pencil in... Bear Alexander for that role, but I think Warren is going to play a lot for us. He did a really good job for us last year, and I only expect him to expand on that role going into 2023.
Another name that I'm kind of intrigued by coming into this year is a guy that essentially redshirted for us last year, and that's Christian Miller. I really liked Christian Miller coming out of high school from Cedar Grove. I think this guy has all the potential, all the makings to be a big-time interior defensive lineman in the SEC, but last year, he needed a year. He needed a year to grow, to develop, to get stronger, to attack the weight room, all those kinds of things. But just because he needed a year doesn't mean that you give up on the guy. I know sometimes we as fans have a tendency to give up. It seems like a little bit faster on these highly recruited guys, these these high-profile dudes coming out of high school. Like We have such high expectations for them coming out of high school that if they don't meet them right away, like if you're not Brock Bowers right away, if you're not Malachi Starks right away, then like you're a bust, you're a failure. And that's not really true. I mean, is it true sometimes? Yeah, sure. Every now and then, like some, there are busts, like those are real, like that, that, those things happen. Those players exist. But just because you don't play as a freshman doesn't mean that you are a bust. I mean, guys, think about Quay Walker. Quay Walker played very little as a true freshman. Even as a sophomore, really, Quay Walker didn't really play a ton. And then what did Quay Walker end up doing? Quay Walker exploded in his junior season and ended up becoming a first round draft pick. Don't forget, their freshman year, Quay Walker came in with Channing Tindall. Channing Tindall was the dude that was playing ahead of Quay Walker as a true freshman. Quay was just raw. He just needed some time to learn that position because he didn't really play inside linebacker in high school. He's more of an edge guy. He played almost like a star position at times. So he needed a year to learn, to grow, to develop, to get stronger, to learn the position. And lo and behold, give the guy a little bit of time. And what does he do? He becomes a freaking beast. He becomes a first round dude. So no, I am not giving up on Christian Miller. I think Christian Miller has a chance to be a really good defensive tackle in the SEC. And I'm really excited to see how he has grown and how he has developed going into this spring. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch that position and see who emerges because we need somebody. Like That's been a key to our defense for a couple of years now. First, it was John John Atkins, right? Don't forget about John John back in 2017. He did a really good job for us with that zero tech. Then you had the emergence of Jordan Davis. You add Devontae Wyatt into that mix. Then you've got Jalen Carter. We've had this series, this run of just dominant interior defensive linemen. Who's next in line? Who is that next guy? I think that's a really, really intriguing question for us because I believe the most underrated aspect of our success as a football program, especially on the defensive side of the ball, has been our ability to consistently stop the run with even numbers in the box, with a light box, without having to roll down a safety or an extra defender into the box to take away the run game. And how are you able to do that? Well, yeah, you have great linebacker play, but you also have dominant players up front on the interior of your defensive line. So I'm very intrigued at who that player is going to be and also just intrigued to find out, do we have that player? I think that we do. Again, not quite to the Jordan Davis level, not quite to the Jalen Carter level, maybe right away this season, but I think we have some guys that can that can be dudes for us and can really help us continue to stop the run with even numbers in the box. Just got to find out who exactly that is going to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, let's stick in the front seven. And the next position I want to break down for you guys is the outside linebacker position, the edge rusher position, the jack linebacker position, if you want to get technical about things. I think this is a very, very, very intriguing position. And maybe the, the position battle I'm watching most closely this spring, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Because we're losing some some stalwarts, guys. We're losing Nolan Smith. I know he missed half of last year going out for the year with the pec injury in the Florida game. We were able to overcome that. I wasn't sure. I thought that might be an Achilles heel for us when, the, when he went down. Fortunately, we were able to navigate that injury and, uh, and still find a way to win the national championship. But it's not just Nolan Smith. Robert Beal, who was never a dynamic player for us, but he was one of those dudes that was just solid, reliable, did everything you wanted him to do, and you could always count on Robert Beal to play hard, to do his job, and to go out there and play Georgia football. So when you lose both of those guys, we're in a situation now where we have very, very limited experience at the jack linebacker position, at, at the edge rusher position. The only guy that we have coming back that really has any sort of meaningful experience on the field is Chaz Chambliss. And I really like Chaz. I love his motor. I love how hard he works and how hard he plays. I have a ton of respect for him and how he approaches the game, how he approaches practice, all of those things. That dude is built the right way. But I think we can also admit at the same time that Chaz is not the same caliber athlete as a guy like Nolan Smith was, or as a guy like Aziz Ojolari was, or even a guy like Adam Anderson pre-whole legal situation thing. Like He's not that kind of athlete. Now, that doesn't mean he can't play for us. That doesn't mean he can't be productive for us. doesn't mean he can't do good things for us. I absolutely believe he can be productive. I absolutely do believe he brings value to our defense. He brings a level of physicality and toughness to our defense that you absolutely have to have. It's a hallmark of George defense. Physicality, toughness. And that's one of the reasons he finds himself on the field. The dude works hard. He's physical. He's tough. That's Kirby Smart 101. Work hard, be physical, be tough. You can play defense for me. And that's what Chaz Chambliss does to a T. My concern with Chaz last year when Nolan went down was really more than anything an awareness issue. He was so inexperienced. And I I think it goes underreported. And we've talked about a couple times on this show, but Chaz missed the first half of last season. He had a he had a hamstring injury, a soft tissue injury that was kind of plaguing him, and he wasn't even dressing out for for multiple games. And then Nolan goes down. He was cleared to play. Chaz is out there uh, on the field, and it's like, all right, dude, you're in. You got to go. You got to play basically not every snap, but you're rotating there with Robert Beal. You're gonna get a lot of playing time that you have not been getting. So he was just very green, very very inexperienced, and his awareness level 
was not where you would want it to be. I mean, there were times, again, he's very physical, strong at the point of attack, a guy that is more than willing to close with physicality on pulling guards, on pulling tackles, pulling centers, whoever's coming in his face. He would do all those things, but there'd just be too many times where he would he would close on a puller, but he would have no idea the ball carrier just ran right by him. He's this guy looking in the air, turning in circles. And it's like, Chaz, just like, look at the ball carrier, man. But that's easier said than done. You know, from the thousand foot view, it's like, yeah, dude, just tackle the guy with the ball. But like, when you're going to see these big 300 pounders come bearing down on you, you know, your priorities look at them first, especially if you haven't been out there playing very much, which was the case with Chaz. But here's what I want to give Chaz a lot of credit for as well. I thought he really, really, really improved as the season went on. I thought he became a, a I thought he became more of a threat as a pass rusher for us. He recorded a big sack in the SEC Championship game. And I also really believe that his awareness improved as the season went along to the point where it's like, this is a different guy by the time we got to the national championship game. He was a very different dude than he was when he first came against Florida. So I was really encouraged by that. And if he was able to improve that much in such a short span of time, how much can this guy improve with an entire offseason? I think this guy can grow leaps and bounds. And I do think he's going to have a role on this team. But again, I go back to the athleticism thing. Like he's not like a, it's not like he's unathletic. You don't play for the University of Georgia if you are unathletic. He's just not as athletic as some of the more dynamic pass rushers that we have had at that position. I think he has a role. Again, hear me out when I say that. He has a role on this team. He brings value to this team, but we just need to have some guys emerge that can give us more of a dynamic pass rush off the edge. That's what I'm more concerned with right now. I know what Chaz can do. And I think he has more of a, of a pass rush ability than he showed last year, but I still don't know if he's ever going to be a dynamic pass rusher. So who is that guy going to be? Because that's been one of our, it hasn't been an Achilles heel. That's not the right way to phrase it. But if there's been a deficiency for this team over the past couple of years, as dominant as we have been on the defensive side of the ball, I think one of our deficiencies is finding guys that can rush the passer off the edge and pressure the quarterback without us having to dial up pressure and get exotic and bring our inside linebackers and do all those things. That's one of the things that we've been missing. Now, I want to give Kirby Smart and and his staff, his defensive staff, a lot of credit for finding ways to mitigate that deficiency and still create pressure on the quarterback. But it would also be nice to have, like, I don't know, a Will Anderson type who can just be a dominant edge rusher. So who could those guys be? I think the first name that people are going to talk about or should be talking about is Marvin Jones Jr., a former five-star prospect who was a freshman last year, so he'll be going into his second year on campus. The only reason that Marvin Jones Jr., did not play more last year, especially once Nolan Smith went down, which is very unfortunate timing. He was dealing with some injuries right about the time that Nolan went down. Chaz happened to be coming back from injury right as Nolan went down for the season. So that's why Chaz started to play more, and uh, you didn't really see much of Marvin Jones Jr. until the very end of the year, and you still didn't see that much of him at that point. He was just dealing with injuries, plus he was a freshman, still trying to grow, get stronger, bigger, all those kind of things. But the talent, the athleticism, the pass rush ability, that's always been there. It's just been a question of, hey, are you healthy? Hey, can you be on the field for us? Unfortunately, Marvin is not going to be participating with the team during spring practice because he is still coming back from a shoulder injury, an offseason shoulder surgery that he had to clean up some stuff. I think it was a labrum issue that he had to deal with. So he will not be participating this spring, which sucks. Um, I, I think Marvin is a guy that has a ton of natural talent, 
But when you're young like that, you want these guys to be out at practice as much as humanly possible because that's where you develop. That's where you get better. You can watch tape. You can watch film. You can listen to coaches. All that's great. It's better than nothing. But nothing beats the reps, getting out there and actually going through practice and getting those reps against other elite talents. So that's that's my concern for Marvin. I don't want to spend too much time on him because he's just not going to be out there this spring. We'll talk more about him once we get closer to fall camp in a couple of months. But I didn't want to completely ignore him because he is a guy that I do think will factor into that battle at some point. He's just got to get back healthy. Now, a name that I do want to talk about that's like Marvin was a true freshman last year, also dealt with injuries, which kind of kept him off the field. He was dealing with injuries late in the season, again, right around the time that Nolan Smith went down. So that kind of kept him from filling in at least a little bit for Nolan at times, and that's Darius Smith. Darius Smith is a very intriguing prospect for me. At 6'5", 225, he gives us something at that jack position that we just don't have outside of him. He gives us a level of length and athleticism that I don't know if anyone else on the roster that position brings to the table. Uh, Just to give you guys a quick anecdote here, I think I mentioned this before in the podcast, but just in case I didn't, Think back to the Midnight Miracle, right? Where the Ohio State kicker is wide left, right? Right as the clock strikes midnight going into 2023. Well, if Noah Ruggles had not pulled that ball so far left, I still don't believe that kick would have been good because Darius Smith was jumping to outer space to block that kick. If he had kicked that ball dead center, that ball was getting blocked by Darius Smith. With that length, the athleticism, the leaping ability, I mean, I want to know what this dude's vertical is. You know, we're talking about the NFL Combine past week or two. What is Darius Smith's vertical? Because just watching that one single play, I know he's long, I'm tall, I get that. But the the air that dude got off the ground was unbelievable. So the athleticism is there. There's a couple of things for Smith. Number one, he's got to continue to fill up that frame. He's 6'5", only 225. That's a little light in the britches to be holding up against the run, being able to close on 300-pound pulling guards coming in your face. And that's something we ask our jack linebackers to be able to do. I don't know if he's consistently ready to do that right now if he's still at 6'5", 225. We'll see what he looks like once we get through spring drills and they, they kind of update those weights. The other question I have is, where are you from a technical standpoint? Because Darius was a very raw athlete coming out of high school. When I watched his high school tape, you could see the athleticism. But you could also see a guy that was just running out there, operating on pure athleticism and just God-given talent. There wasn't much in terms of actual technique going on because he didn't really have to at the high school level. Well, that's not the case at the in the SEC. Everybody's talented. You guys separate yourself with your ability to be a technician. And I don't know where Darius is right now in his development. I do feel like the injury at points last year. I, mean, I think he played in 10 of our 14 games. It wasn't like he was her all season long, but he did miss some time. And that I, I don't know how much that set him back from a developmental standpoint. I know he's also working a lot on the scout team. He wasn't really working always with our defense as he wasn't in the rotation. So where are you from a developmental standpoint? I think this spring is important for Darius because I think there's a lot of opportunity at outside linebacker. And I love his athleticism. If he, I think there's an opportunity for him to make a move. So I'm just curious to see, to see kind of where he is from a a size, strength standpoint, and from a technical developmental standpoint after this spring. He's certainly a name to watch because that level of athleticism is very, very rare. And then there's a couple of true freshmen that are already on campus and will be going through spring drills as early enrollees at the edge rusher position. we got Gabe Harris from IMG and Samuel and Pimba also from IMG, high school teammates at IMG. I tell you guys often that I don't make a habit 
of counting on true freshmen to be major contributors for our team. If it happens, awesome. That's a luxury. It's not something that I think you can that you should be in the position of having to count on. You can't do that consistently and still find a way to be successful year in, year out. It's not a recipe for success. But there is opportunity for both those guys to come in early as true freshmen and earn some early playing time. Some, maybe some significant early playing time. That opportunity is there. There is no Nolan Smith. There's no Robert Beal. Yeah, Chaz Chambliss is coming back, but you guys can bring a level of athleticism to the position that Chaz can't quite match. It's just a matter of where are you from a physicality standpoint and how quickly can you pick up the system and learn to play with proper technique and earn the trust of the coaches. And that's always a crapshoot when it comes for true freshmen. You never really know, but the opportunity is there for those guys. Now, I've been very clear in my opinion on both Mpimba and Harris. I I know that Mpimba is the higher rated guy. He was a former five-star drop to a, a, a four-star at the end of the cycle. High four-star, but a four-star nonetheless. But I believe that Gabe Harris is more polished coming out of high school and more ready to contribute right away. And Pimba is a physical freak. Like he's a, a first guy off the bus kind of dude. Like he is just jacked up, ripped, a physical just beast, right? But from a technical standpoint and a polished standpoint, I don't think he's quite as advanced as Gabe Harris. So I'm curious to see how those guys respond and can they make a move like maybe a guy like Malachi Starks did last year and a guy like Michael Williams did last year. Can they make that type of move early in their career as early enrollees? The opportunity is there. It's just up to them to go out and show they are ready and earn that playing time. But I will say, with a guy like Marvin Jones Jr. not being available for practice this spring, that does give all of these guys more reps to work with. So Darius Smith will get more reps. Gabe Harris will get more reps. Samuel and Pimba will get more reps. It's just a matter of do they take advantage of those additional reps. All right, guys, I got plenty more to cover here today when it comes to our spring practice preview. But before we move any further, I do quickly want to remind you guys once again about our friends at MyBookie. You guys know March Madness is here, man. It has officially begun, and it's time for you to shoot your shot and score big on all the nonstop action with MyBookie. Whether you're one of those people that likes to fill out multiple brackets, whether you like to put a future bet down on who you think is actually going to win the national title, who's going to make the final four, or if you're just simply looking to have some fun with player and game props, my bookie has you covered for all of that, no matter what your preferences are and no matter what you are looking for. It's so simple, guys. Like my bookie cannot make this more simple for you. All you have to do is go to mybookie.ag online. Make your first deposit. They have a ton of deposit options. You got credit card options. You got crypto options. And use the promo code UGA when you sign up for a brand new account to claim an exclusive 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000 for all new users. Again, that's promo code UGA at mybookie.ag to claim a little bit of extra money on top of that initial deposit. So with hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes for March Madness, and of course, you got the weekly blackjack tournaments, you can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. So it's a no-brainer, guys. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. 
You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, guys, let's jump back into this, but let's move out of the front seven. I mean, we could talk about inside linebacker a little bit if you guys want me to, but we, we know who the starter is going to be. There's not, there's no battle there. We know it's going to be Pop Dumas Johnson. We know it's going to be Smile Mondin. Though That was the one-two punch inside linebacker last year. It's going to be the one-two punch inside linebacker again this year, barring injury. The only question really becomes like who is going to be in the rotation. Ryan Davis is back. He figures to be in the rotation this year. Trezor Marshall has moved on. For most of the year, he was that, that third linebacker off the bench for us, that first dude off the bench, or so the third guy in the rotation. But he's gone. He is transferred out to Alabama. So that that leaves an opening. Now, maybe we just roll with three guys, and it's it's Pop, it's Smile, and it's Ryan Davis. That could be the route we go, but does Jalen Walker factor into that conversation? You know, Jalen Walker honestly could be a guy that could play edge force as well. I'm very curious to see where Jalen Walker plays. A big part of me, I think I've, I mentioned this before, a big part of me wants Jalen to just add some weight and play the jack outside linebacker position for us. I think he's a guy that's a little bit of a tweener. He, he came into... Georgia as an inside linebacker. And I felt like he might be one of the next great inside linebackers for us. The athleticism, physicality, the way he attacked downhill. But the role he played for us last year was as an edge rusher coming in in our dying package. And I thought he did an outstanding job in that role. He wasn't really big enough to play edge full-time, to play that jack position full-time. But I think his frame is has enough room to add sufficient weight for him to hold up as a legitimate Jack linebacker. So I'm curious what our defensive staff thinks in that regard. Like what are their plans for him long-term? Do you just naturally let his body develop and see and just let the cards fall where they may? Or do you say, Hey, look, dude, we've got more opportunity for playing time at outside linebacker, this Jack position, like let's bulk up and let's see if you can play there, try your hand there. I think that's a realistic option for him, but he could also play inside linebacker as well. If he sticks inside linebacker, I absolutely believe he's going to be in the rotation. I truly do believe that, but it's just a matter of where does he end up? And I don't know the answer to that right now. That's one of the things I'm looking at most closely this spring because I think that Jalen Walker is a dynamic athlete on the defensive side of the ball. I think this guy can be a big-time player. It's just a matter of finding where he fits best on defense. And I don't know if we figured that out yet. So I'm very curious to see what that ends up being and, and how that ends up developing. So I think if he plays inside linebacker, he'll be in that conversation. But guys, we are bringing in a trio of absolute studs at inside linebacker. We have bar none the best inside linebacker class in the entire country. And a couple of these guys are already here on campus as early enrollees. You've got CJ Allen from Lamar County here in the state of Georgia, Raylan Wilson from Tallahassee, and then you've got Troy Bowles, yes, son of Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Todd Bowles coming in this summer. But he won't be here this spring, so he's not going to factor into this conversation today. But CJ Allen and Raylan Wilson are two highly athletic, dynamic athletes at the inside linebacker position. 
I think they both are going to be studs for us. If I had to pick one, who do I think has the highest ceiling? I think it's Raylan Wilson has the highest ceiling. Now, if Bowles was here on campus right now as an early enrollee, the way I've always felt about these three guys is I think that Wilson and Allen have higher long-term ceilings than Bowles. I think Bowles is more of a technician at this point. I think he's more polished and ready to play right away at the college level, but he's not going to be here this spring, so he's not in this conversation right now. We'll see where he is once he gets here in the summer and gets ready for fall camp. But I think Wilson's a guy with a slightly higher ceiling than Allen. I think Wilson's just a dynamic athlete. The story on him was that he was light you know, early in his career at the high school level, but he added some good weight last year. And he's really young. He's actually only 17 years old right now. So he's like a a young guy already here on campus. And he's just going to continue to grow and get bigger and stronger as time goes on. So I don't know. Right now, Allen's a little bit bigger and stronger, but I I just have a hard time watching Raylan Wilson play and say that guy's not going to factor in for us. I think both these guys, either one of them could factor into the rotation for us. It's just a matter of who does a better job of coming in taking the coaching, adjusting to the college game, the speed of the game, and showing that they are ready to hold up physically in the SEC. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. You guys know I'm I'm an old school inside linebacker dude myself, played the position, coach position. So uh, I have a soft spot for linebacker. So I'm watching that very, very closely. But in terms of like the intrigue, like we know who the star is going to be. So I don't think it's as intriguing of a position battle. So we won't spend too much time on that. Let's go to the secondary where we have a couple of positions that are wide open. We know that Keely Ringo has left. He's departed for the NFL draft. We'll likely get drafted in the first round. I think he'll still go in the first round. I think he will. We'll see how that plays out. But I think Keely will still go in the first round. So that leaves a big hole there for us at one of the cornerback positions. Obviously, we know that Kamari Lasseter returns. I think Kamari was our best cover guy as season progressed last year, as I've said many times on this show. So I'm very excited to have him back this season. I think that he is going to take his game to an entirely different level this year. I'm very excited to see what he's going to be able to do. But we uh, we have a competition at that other cornerback position. I think the odds-on favorite to win that job is Dalen Everett, who is a rising sophomore. He was our first cornerback off the bench last year, backing up Keely Ringo and Kamari Laster as well. Uh, I think that Dalen's a guy that has the size, the length, the physicality, the athleticism, the ball skills to be a really good cornerback for us. If you guys aren't too familiar with him, he was a longtime Clemson commit. We were able to flip him late in that cycle. I was really excited to get him because he's he's kind of like Keely in that like he's got a, a little bit of bigger, stronger, thicker frame for a cornerback, kind of fits Kirby Smart's mold because he wants his guys to be able to go out there and tackle as well and be able to press guys to the line of scrimmage. And so he kind of fits that role. He's not quite as big as Keely, not maybe not quite as fast as Keely in a straight line, but I think he might be a better overall athlete because you guys saw Keely at the combine, like great straight line speed, four, what, four, three, six speed, I think was what it was. But his vertical was really underwhelming. I think that while... Everett might not be as fast as Keeley in terms of overall athleticism, you know, broad jump, vertical jump, those kind of things. I think he might be a little bit superior in that regard. We'll see how that plays out. But I, I really like Dalen Everett. I think he brings a lot of what Keeley brought to the to the table. And and who knows, might actually bring a, a greater level of awareness, which I think was Keeley's major deficiency for us last year in ball skills in general. So I'm excited for him. I think he'll he'll kind of slot into that position. But it's not a done deal. It's still a competition. You can't count out Nylon Green, who was in the thick of that competition last year where he lost that battle to Kamari last so Nylon Green's still on the team, and he's still a really good player for us. And uh, I know that he will be very much in the thick of that conversation, that battle to replace Keely Ringo. AJ Harris is another early enrollee who is here on campus right now that will go through spring drills. And he's a guy that I think I'm very high on long term at the cornerback position. But again, 
You just don't want to count on true freshmen coming in right away and expect them to be big-time instant contributors. But A.J. Harris is a five-star dude, all right, out of, out of Phoenix City in Alabama. He is a big-time player, and he's going to be really good for us. And look, I'm not going to count him out. That's why I have to mention him here. A guy that talented, even though he's a true freshman, you can't count him out. Because let's be honest here. If if it does indeed end up being Dalen Everett, yeah, he has a head start in the system, but it's only a one-year head start in the system. It's not like a significant head start. So it's just a matter of, of how quickly can A.J. Harris get up to speed? How quickly can he earn the coach's trust? How does he take coaching? How does he adjust the speed of the game? All those things I was saying about the inside linebackers, all those things you really say about any true freshman, it matters. So it's hard to predict. It's hard to project. But in terms of athleticism and talent, skill set, A.J. Harris has the goods. Again, I just don't always count on true freshmen. In fact, I never count on true freshmen to come in and be instant impact guys. If, we, if that happens, if you have a Malachi Starks, incredible. I just don't count on it. That's just a rule of thumb for me. And then finally, the final position battle I want to break down today on the defense side of the ball is the vacant safety position left open by the departure of Chris Smith for the NFL draft. Chris Smith was fantastic for us, a multi-year starter, but he has exhausted his eligibility, unfortunately, because Chris Smith was awesome, man. One of the more undervalued guys we've had for some for quite some time. I think he kind of got his just due late last season. People started to realize how good this dude was. You know, with obviously picking up the ball, running back for a touchdown in the SEC Championship game, harking back to that Clemson game, right? The pick six, you know, in 2021 to open that season. But he was so good for us for so many years, guys. You know, Richard LeCount went down in 2020 with that very unfortunate motorcycle accident, which cost him the back half of his final season here in Athens. And we plugged Chris Smith in right away. And did we really lose much, guys? Like, I don't think that we did. Like, we really did. I mean, Richie was awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love Richard LeCount, one of my favorite dogs in, in a while. Love Richie great dude but in terms of play on the field Chris Smith was ready man and that dude had been grinding for a while waiting for his turn he got his opportunity and dude he made the absolute most of it so we're gonna miss Chris Smith but fortunately we recruit the defensive back position extraordinarily well and we are well stocked with really talented options to fill in for Chris Smith we know Malachi Starks is back at one safety the front the all everything freshman sensation last year back for his sophomore year he's going to be even better next year which is hard to believe because he was awesome as a true freshman but I'm very curious to see who actually ends up starting alongside Malachi in the back end I I think Dan Jackson is the first name that comes to mind for me because he's a guy that the coaches just I don't want to say they implicitly trust him but they they kind of do right I mean Dan is uh people like to say well Dan's not that great of an athlete like he's just a guy that, that knows the system and that's that's true that he does know the system he has the coaches trust and that's important I think he's a really undervalued athlete like is he a Malachi Starks level athlete well no <laughs> obviously not but just because you're not Malachi Stark doesn't mean you're not a really good athlete Dan can move Dan can play he missed most of last season with a season-ending injury, but he'll be back this season. He has starting experience. He's been around for a long time. He knows this system inside now. I think he will be the presumptive favorite going into this battle because he just does know the system and he has the experience. The coaches trust him and Kirby Smart places an absolute premium on that at that position. For someone to jump ahead of Dan Jackson for that starting safety spot they are going to have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that they just bring a level of athleticism to that position that Dan simply cannot match. But it's not just that. They have to show they have that, but they also have to earn the coach's trust because as a safety, by definition, you are the last line of defense. You blow a coverage, it's six for the other team. We saw that 
more than a time or two with Malachi Starks last year. There were some growing pains. Malachi was great for us, made a bunch of wow plays, but he gave us some big plays as well because he wasn't where he needed to be because he's a true freshman. You're still learning on the job. So whoever is going to potentially jump over Dan Jackson has to be just a vastly superior athlete and they have to show, they might not have to be like quite at Dan's level of understanding the system, but they have to be close enough, right? And there are a couple of, of options there. I think Dan, again, is the number one option. I think he'll open the open the spring as a starter. But another name that I'm very curious to see how he fits into our defense this year, because he's back for another year. For now, it's, it's hard to believe his third year at Georgia is Tyke Smith. And this is a guy I just wrote another piece about for Dogs Daily, a, a profile for him heading into spring practice. Remember, this is a dude that came in from West Virginia with high expectations, coming off a year at West Virginia where he earned third-team All-American honors as announced by the the AP, the Associated Press. And he was supposed to come in right away and be that starting star for us, right, as a slot DB because we were losing Mark Webb. We were losing Tyreek Stevenson to, to transfer to Miami. So that position was wide open. Like, we didn't have anybody, right? And so it was just assumed that it was going to be Tyke Smith. Unfortunately, he suffered a foot injury in fall camp that set him back a couple of weeks. He missed the first game or two, just like Darnell Washington did. And then when, once he comes back from that injury, what happens, like, almost instantly, like, the next week, well, he tears his ACL. He's out for the entire 2021 season. He comes back last year, but wasn't fully healthy for most of the season. And the problem for Tyke last year was it was it was a confluence of events for Tyke. It was the injuries, back-to-back injuries, combined with the emergence of Javon Bullard at star. Javon's a monster at star. Like he's a great run defender. Um, he's at times like Javon would play almost inside linebacker. Like if teams would go formation into the boundary and they would try to run like GT counter back to the back, back to the field. Well, when, when they're formation the boundary, we slide. Our, our linebackers, we slide them out a little bit to cover that formation. And so what you do is you shift your star defender, you shift Javon Buller down a little bit as well. He's now acting almost like an inside linebacker and he's in there filling the hole against 300 pound linemen coming right in his face and doing it very, very well and finding ways to make the play. And obviously we know what he was able to do from a ball skill standpoint, had multiple um, turn, multiple interceptions in the college football playoff, had one of the plays of the season with the knockout blow to Marvin Harrison Jr. in the Peach Bowl. And Javon Bullard is back. He's back for his third year on campus. He's a junior and he is going to be our starting star barring injury, knock on wood. Hope to God that does not happen. So Tyke Smith is not going to be anything more than a backup like he was last year at star. But Tyke's also got some talent. Again, this is a former third-team All-American when he transferred over here from West Virginia. Tyke's also a guy that is cross-trained at safety. He can play safety. And now with a full year of kind of cross-training between safety and star, is he ready to make a move at that safety position? I think he's a very realistic option. But he's not the only other option. There are multiple guys that I think can come in and seriously compete for that position. Another guy is David Daniel, who was another highly rated guy coming out of high school. Uh, First year on campus, didn't really play a ton. But last year, he was able to find a role in our dime DB package. You know, it was Dan Jackson's role. Dan Jackson's role coming as our money defender 
early in the year, but Dan goes out for the year and David Daniel takes advantage of that and finds his way out of the field and played a big role for us on third downs most of last season. He's another guy like Javon Bullard who isn't the biggest dude, doesn't have the biggest stature, but he absolutely brings the wood. He will lay you out. Made no mistake about that. He's also a very good athlete back there. So he'll be in the thick of the competition as well. Ja'Cory Thomas is a guy that I know the coaches are very high on. He was kind of the dude coming out of high school last year as a true freshman that was kind of in the shadow of Malachi Starks. But Ja'Cory Thomas can absolutely play, guys. Like He's a good athlete. He's got underrated ball skills. He's a physical dude there in the back end, which is what you want in your safeties. I think he's a guy that can fill the alleys and do all those things you'd ask your safety to do. He'll be in the thick of the competition as well. And then the final guy, another intriguing option here, is another true freshman, just like we had in Malachi Starks last year. Safety Janelle Aguero from Massachusetts, from St. John's Prep up in Danvers, Massachusetts, who rose to five-star status late in the 2023 recruiting cycle. He is an early enrollee, just like Malachi Starks was last year. A five-star prospect, just like Malachi Starks was last year. I'm not saying that Janelle Aguero is going to be Malachi Starks in year one. I'm not going to sit here and tell you with a straight face that you should expect him to come in and have the kind of success that Malachi Starks had almost immediately once he arrived here on campus. That is rare. But saying that, it's not unprecedented. We saw it just last year. But like I keep saying for all these true freshmen early enrollees, it's really a matter of how quickly do you learn the system? How quickly do you adjust to the speed of the college game? How quickly can you prove to the coaches, especially at the safety position, that you can be trusted out there? Because talent is not the question. When you talk about guys that are that highly recruited that we land like that, talent is not the question. It's all the intangible stuff. And that's just really hard to predict. But again, we saw it last year. It's not unprecedented. Janelle Aguero is going to have an opportunity. He's going to have to learn what to do. His head's going to be spinning the first couple of weeks of spring practice. And uh, it's, spring practice is not really about him earning a job. It's about him just kind of getting his feet wet and learning the system and then positioning himself to potentially make a run during fall camp. But I'm very curious to find out how Aguero is going to progress during spring practice because I do have very high expectations for him at some point during his Georgia career. But all right, guys, I think that just about covers everything. I'm sure I missed something. I'm sure there's a name I didn't mention that you guys wanted me to mention. So if there's someone that comes to mind, hit me up on social media. Let me know. It's at glory underscore UGA. You can email us at gloryugapodcast at gmail.com. It's inevitable that I'm sure I missed somebody. So let me know who I missed and we'll cover them here in the coming weeks as spring practice rolls along. But thank you again for being here, guys. Once again, make sure to join our Glory UGA March Madness Pool. Go to our Twitter account at Glory underscore UGA. It's pinned at the top of our profile. You can also just go to ESPN.com, look at their tournament challenge page, search for Glory UGA. Boom, join that. You're all set to go. Fill out that bracket. Just get that in by, I think the deadline is before the first game on Thursday, which I think tips off at 12-10. So make sure to do that, guys. Just a lot of fun. We have uh, Alumni Hall who's going to hook us up with a bunch of gift cards so you can find the best George gear anywhere because Alumni Hall has got you covered, guys. Alumni Hall is hands down the best option for George gear anywhere out there. And don't forget to check out Dogs Daily. I am now writing for Dogs Daily. I'm really fortunate and excited to have this opportunity. And I'd love for you guys to check out what I'm doing there. But again, it's not just me. We have a bunch of great writers at Dog Daily who do a lot better job than I do. have been doing a lot longer than I have. And we're going to have a ton of content for you guys covering spring practice from every possible angle that you could imagine. So make sure to check that out again. It's dogsdaily.com. 
But spring practice is here, guys. I'm pumped about it. I'm actually so excited to have real, legitimate football to talk about. And we're going to have a lot of great content for you guys over the course of the next month leading up to G-Day, which is going to kick off on April 15th, just a, just almost exactly a month away from now. So a lot of great stuff, guys. Appreciate you once again. I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs.